the topic of trust. There's a scripture I want to, you don't have to go there, but uh, John 16, verse 33, just want you to mark in your margin. In this world, we'll have trial and tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. We are going to see it played out in the life of Peter. We all know now that Peter was the disciple that denied Christ. So he writes this letter, say he's writing this letter, Second Peter. You always have to talk about what occasion the writing, right? For it to make sense, for you to understand it in its uh, contemporary uh, context. It can't make sense now if it didn't make sense then. So what was going on at the time was there was an emperor called Nero in power at this time. He was the emperor of Rome. And he wanted a piece of land. And he heard all of this stuff. And he was trying to take this piece of land by setting fire to it and blaming it on the Christians. And this was this wasn't like a, a the formal persecution that started with Domitian in Emperor Domitian in the first century. This was it was kind of like a scam, kind of like what they're doing politics now, the, the politicians. So he was actually essentially set fire to this land and blamed it on the Christians. So he started a persecution of the Christians. And this is got what got Peter in prison. Peter's writing from prison right now. This is the occasion of the writing. Paul was swept up as well in that. That's why he also got martyred in Rome, right? So Nero was essentially scapegoating the Christians, right? Nero didn't care. He was a pagan. He didn't care about gods, how many gods you serve. They are the pantheon of gods. But it, this was just a convenient excuse the Christians actually played into his hands because he had his own agenda in stealing this land. Um, as I said, the kind of thing that goes on in politics today. So listen what uh, Peter say, says. Simon Peter, a bondservant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Listen, seeing that is divine power. And this is what trust gives you, divine power. This is a man who is writing so casually, so calmly, he knows already. What is going to happen to him? By the way, he was beheaded by Nero, right? But I want you to see what he's saying and how he's saying it. And this, by the end of this teaching, it's going to engender trust, more trust in us uh, for God. That is divine power as granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. See that by his divine power. This is why we cannot do the religious thing. 
because that's human power by his divine power. This is a great recipient of God's divine power. Don't forget, he denied Christ not once, three times in a night. That takes some doing, right? For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. So it's by God's divine power that you get these precious and magnificent promises. They're there for you, and we're all going to get them, but we're just going to put down power that is not divine, and we're going to pick up this divine power. Precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become Sandy, could you mute everyone, please? Okay, that, that person's muted. Yeah. So that by them, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. <laughs> that is... Jessie, you want my hose, honey? Gonna wait till that person until Sandy mutes that person. So, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust, and meaning, so a lot of people believed, of course, that um, the world. Well, well, it's not even believed the world. Uh, of course, is corrupt, but it's God's divine power that enables us to be in the world and at the same time escape the corruption. So you don't escape the corruption by not being in the world, by going to heaven. Otherwise, all of us would have to go. No, it's by God's divine power that you escape the corruption. Listen now. Listen now. Peter's about to bake this faith cake, I call it, right? He's given us these, these ingredients for this recipe. So there was a song when I was a kid by Donna Summer, and she said this. It was called MacArthur Park, and she said, um, someone left the cake out in the rain. I don't think that I can make it because it took so long to bake it and I'll never have that recipe again. Well, this is a recipe that Peter is leaving. God is giving him this recipe. Peter is leaving for everyone in the faith. Now, for think about a cake. Now, for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence. Becky was just talking about lying that is just something you do i used to do it in when people are insecure they lie not to hurt people it's more of a form of protection right moral excellence your moral excellence knowledge and your knowledge self-control this sounds like a tasty cake and in your self-control perseverance and in your perseverance, 
godliness and in your godliness, brotherly kindness and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. These have always got to be in sight. Don't forget, this is a man's last will and testimony now. You know, when you're writing your last will and testimony, you know, you're not talking about how those Lakers, you're talking about really serious stuff, right? These qualities are yours and increasing, they render you neither, neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins, said that once before, but hey, I'm going to repeat it because it's important we understand if we don't have these things in sight, we are short-sighted. We've slipped, right? Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his, his calling. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling, meaning his calling, meaning Jesus' calling, how Jesus called us, his calling, and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied, right? Uh, will be abundantly supplied. So I'm going to unpack this, but what I want to see is seeing that is divine power, righteousness, grace, and in your knowledge, seeing that is divine power pertaining to one God. In your sake, is he granted us precious promises? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to escape the curtain now for this very. So, so what he's doing, he is talking now in this last will and testimony, of course, he's talking about the things that are important. These things have got to constantly, right, be in front of us. You know what he's really saying? Is what he's saying. He's saying just in a different way what Paul said in Colossians, keep seeking those things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. That's the wonderful thing about this book of Scripture. Scripture interprets Scripture. They're just saying the same thing in a different way. You know why? There are many, many writers, but one author, just one author. They're all inspired and they're saying the same thing. So scripture interprets scripture. But the first thing he says about is that it's his divine power. It's his divine power right, that has granted all of these promises. One of the greatest things that God wants for every single believer, each and every one of us, everybody here tonight, is for you to live your best life now here on earth and enter into this eternal kingdom.
and in in terms of your best having lived your best life. That's what I've always said about my ministry. I want anybody who is under it to live their best life and then to be embraced by God. Well done, my good and faithful servant. That this is not something I just want to hear myself. I want everybody to get that. Really. And what Peter is doing here is this man who is about to die, he is reminding them of the things that are important, right? Of the things that are, are important. Look in verse 12. Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you. So he's reminding them of these things because they are important. And the key we can almost say, right, regardless of the recipe, regardless of the chef or wherever, the cook, whoever is baking the cake, that cake is no good. I will never ever get off the ground without an oven. Right? Well, I'm going to say this. God and Jesus Lord, seeing that is divine power, the divine power is the oven. Really. That divine power is what makes it happen. We have to be connected to this divine power. And here's what I want people to see. Many people... We've almost had a religion, and I always talk about that because we have. And when you have a religion, it's easy to go into tangential things, put trust in faith, trust, too much trust in family, right? Too much trust in uh, current affairs, politics, whatever. Anything can come. Jesus just calls them the cares and concerns of this world. Really, the cares and concerns of this world. And when you put trust in the wrong thing, you do the wrong thing. Um, Paul Peter is talking about now, for in this devil, I will always be ready to remind you. This is someone who has already made a big mistake. And he learned from this mistake. He realized he was the night that Christ got arrested. He had his trust in the wrong place and didn't even know it. So I would expect someone like Peter to give a strong wake-up call. Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you. In other words, I'm not going to assume that you know this stuff. Because I assumed I knew it one time. And look what happened on that fateful night. Right? Look what happened. So I'm always going to be ready to remind you. I don't care. He doesn't care, right? Oh, you've told us that before, Peter. Come on. Tell us something new. You know, put another one on the in the jukebox. No, he's gonna, there is no other one. He's gonna be very repetitious with this. Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them or should know them, and they have been established in the truth, which is present, which is present with you. 
The truth is present in the Holy Spirit, but we still have a mind that can be deceived by the enemy. And when you are deceived by the enemy and you put trust in other things, you know what you do? You dilute the truth. You dilute the truth. If we are meant to keep seeking those things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, and we are daily seeking the things below, you're diluting the truth. You are diluting the truth. You're going off in the wrong direction. I don't care how fast I go. If I go 95 north as fast as I can, I will never, ever get to New York because New York is 95 south. I'm distracted. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm going in the wrong direction. Really. And here's the thing. Here's the thing about a subtle lie. A lie can be so subtle. It can get you to believe that you're doing the right thing. Just like this great man, Peter, who, no, I'll go with you to the death, Lord. I'll go with you to the death. Listen, let's look in verse 13. I consider it right. As long as I am in this earthly dwelling, or some versions will say tent, because that's what people lived in, to stir you up by way of reminder, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling, tent, is imminent as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. So imminent, shortly about to happen on the horizon. It's nearby. This thing is coming as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will also be diligent that at, at any time after my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind. So this is a man who clearly the night that Jesus Christ was arrested, he didn't have trust. The denial three times proved that, right? That he didn't have trust. This is a man who, when Jesus commissioned him, feed my sheep, he asked him, we all know the story, um, John, uh, when, go and read it, um, where Jesus asked him three times, Simon Peter, do you love me? Right? And he's commissioning him there, and he tells him how he is going to die. Now, look at this. Knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent, as also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. Now, our Lord Jesus Christ, so he's writing a letter, is about to die. It's interesting that this person that didn't, that denied that he knew Christ, right, is essentially writing his last will and testament, attesting to the Lordship of Christ, attesting to the teaching of Christ. Something changed. Something has changed, right? Something clearly has changed. This is someone 
who's talking about laying off his earthly dwelling. You don't really even need to go into the Greek to know what he's talking about here, right? He's talking about dying, right? And he's okay with it. But when asked, because really the denial of Christ, I guess it could have led to his death, but it wasn't like the police were there about to seize him. So what changed? What changed was this trust? He didn't trust then, but he trusts now. He knows the truth. One thing, one thing I'm going to say this. I'll tell you, you, I read a lot about a lot of martyrs throughout history. Forever. I, I've never read anything about someone that would knowingly die for a lie. No. Now, don't get me wrong. There are people who are sincere, but they, yeah, they are sincerely wrong. But, but this is someone who clearly believes this. He didn't at the time. He didn't believe it. But this is someone who has got this in his heart. Look at the word, after my departure. I mean, that is an incredibly casual word, right, to describe death after my departure. Because the connotation, right, if I am departing, the connotation then is I'm arriving somewhere, right? I mean, one thing about you can say death and death can have a nihilistic connotation, meaning that there doesn't have to be another side to that. Boom, that's where it all ends. He doesn't, he talks about departure, right? And of course, he's saying the same thing that Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, verse seven, I'm sorry. Uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So, so he's saying, uh, verse thirteen again. I consider it right as long as in, as long as I am in this earthly dwelling to stir you up by way of reminder. This is his mission. Now, right, making sure that they don't forget. Now, on the night of Jesus' arrest, I don't know him. I don't know him. If that would have been a Senate oversight committee, what would he have said? I don't recall. I don't recall. That's what he would have said. I don't know him. But he here, not only is he letting them know, I don't know him, He's giving them this recipe, right? This recipe. And he's giving us this recipe, right? Donna Summer was talking about, you know, hey, she messed up this recipe. This is never, ever going to be messed up, right? Because Peter is making sure, right? I may have even said it to you. And it's probably, there was an oral tradition, of course. You know, he said it to them orally. He's making sure this gets written down now. This recipe gets written down. 
So he's speaking to this church, but he's also speaking to posterity, meaning us, right? That we get this recipe and we understand this man who is about to be beheaded and he's, he's writing this letter so courageously, so, so much in contrast to the night he, Jesus was arrested. As I said, that night, it wasn't like anyone was trying to arrest uh, Peter. Okay, yeah, I know him. Yeah, 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 I know him. It wasn't like anyone, they wanted Jesus. They really were not trying to crucify the disciples, but he was so panicky, right? He was so panicky that all of his trust now had left Christ, right? Had left Christ, and it was all in himself, all about saving his own skin, right? All about saving his own skin, because when you have religion and you don't have trust in God, that's what it's all about, really. In this world, you'll have trials and tribulations. I told you to put that in your mind at the beginning. This is a trial and tribulation. I mean, being beheaded, really. We panic about COVID. Listen, if you trust, there's no panic about COVID because you can say that after my departure, after my departure, knowing you're arriving somewhere to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I'll, I'll show you. This kind of trust, hey, this kind of trust is another man. Here's another man. Second uh, Timothy 4.6. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. This is heaven airways, I believe. <laughs> They're all departing. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith in the future. There is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved is appearing. Right now, this one, before he was saved, of course, was religious, a religious zealot. We know that. But those are two contrasting terms, this religious zealot and this man. And let's focus on Peter. This is just an illustration of Paul, just to buttress the point about Peter. But I want you to see that a man who denied Christ, many people will probably say, yeah, I, I, I know him. Yeah, I hang out with him, kind of like, so what? But the fear that Peter had, right, it shows how far he's come to this courageous man who is making sure, he said, therefore, I will always be ready to remind you. He was trying to forget the renewed Christ on that night. But now he's saying, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth, which is present with you. What I want people to see, regardless of your anxiety, regardless of your panic, 
you can go from a denier, if there's trust in this divine power, to a bold warrior. It's not you that does it. You can't do it. He wouldn't be able to do this in his own power. If it was in his own power, right, it wouldn't be writing like this. No. And he said, it's this divine power, this divine power that he didn't trust in on that night. Right? Many of us haven't trusted this divine power. We've trusted in our own power. You know one thing, you know, do you know what makes your life better with Christ? It's a deeper life. And a deeper life is brought about by a deeper trust. We've all heard, oh, that person's superficial. Oh, yeah. And they're not happy because they're not living a deeper life. We were never meant to live life in a snorkeling kind of way. We were meant to live life in a deep sea diving kind of way. And this is what Peter is doing right now. He's living a deeper life. He, did, he was living a snorkeling life. I mean, he had said to Christ one minute, oh, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Okay, if you are next minute, Jesus told him about his passion, go to Jerusalem, being crucified. No, you won't do that. I mean, boy, oh boy, that was, he was snorkeling. He was snorkeling. We, we want a better life. We have to have a deeper life. This is the recipe for that. This is the recipe that Peter has given that we will have a deeper. And if you have a deeper life with God, understand one thing. You have a better life here on earth. You have a better life here on earth. And the way it works is this. There's no either or or. It should be a better life here on earth, that deeper life. And a great embrace and welcome when you get to eternity. As he says, look what he says. He says, verse 11, for in this way, the entrance into the, into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied to you. Abundantly supplied to you. So there's abundant life here. No, John 10, verse 10. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. And then there's the abundant life in eternity. And so once again, we have to look at the things that we are trusting in. And the things that we are trusting in are the things that are hindering that deeper life. You can't serve two masters. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot. And so, and if you are of trust in this world, which is fading away, then you can't say you're seeking those things above. What you have to do, there has to be a recipe check. You know, uh, do I have the right ingredients going on here? Now, do I have the right ingredients have I, or have I messed it up? Hey, maybe I have to go back to the drawing board or to the kitchen and get these right ingredients because 
and trusting in other ingredients here, which are really hindering my deeper life. Really, they are hindering. Scripture says, get rid of all of the weights that so easily beset us, that so easily hinder us, right? And that's what we have to look at. We can have that. We had somebody who was a denier three times in one night, you know, you know, terrifying, a little slave girl, and he's writing this letter, and he's talking about being beheaded like it's going to Starbucks for a coffee. It's so casual. And we know Peter lived like this. He was arrested. He, the gates of the prison came open. He went to knock on the door where they were having a prayer meeting. It was so unbelievable. The girl answered the, the door, slammed the door in his face. He was so calm. She thought he was a ghost. She thought he was a ghost. He was so, so calm. And why is that? Trust. So something happened. Yeah, I've given you this at the end of this man's life. But this was the way he was living life. And that arrest showed it. Hey, whatever's going to happen. He was asleep there in prison. Hey, they kill me. They kill me. And that is real trust. We have to understand it's not about God saving us from things. We have trust with God. God, he, regardless if I am under the blade of Nero, I know you have an ultimate goal for my life. Look where it says that the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What I just read about Paul, he was, as I said, beheaded by Nero also. And he's talking about this crown of righteousness. When you truly believe that God has a plan, that life for you there, let me tell you something. It's so easy to let go of this life. And when you really let go of this life here, you really find that life that Christ has for you here. And that's what Paul is talking about. I've been crucified with Christ. Paul had already, Paul and Peter had already let go of their lives. And so nobody could take it. They'd already been crucified. They had already been crucified. When you are ready to let go of your life here, that's when you truly find it. That's when you truly live that abundant life. These people who are trusting in everything here are miserable. You have to let go of the life you have here so you can truly find that life that Christ has for you. And then it's COVID, so what? Okay, departing, laying off my tent, so what? Yeah, 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 yeah. give me another coffee at Starbucks. Really? And that's, and that is when you are truly free. When you trust in this divine power 
you are truly free. Peter and Paul were free men. You can see it in this last testimony. Who is not, who is not going to see this letter and want to trust in God? This is freedom. The Romans saw the Christians being persecuted and were singing and had this freedom. Understand one thing. It's not God a lot of times saving us from something. It's saving us through something. He saved Daniel through the lion's death. He saved Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego through the fire. Really. So it's saving us through something. And when we understand that, because many times we don't trust, oh, that can't happen. That can't happen because we don't have any trust. God is bigger than the fire. God is bigger than the lions. God is bigger than death. And when we understand that, we are truly free. Wherever the spirit of God is, there is liberty, freedom.